When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Vikings Nation! Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. Hey everybody, it's Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Skull production. What is going on, everybody? It is great to have you with me. The Minnesota Vikings take on the Detroit Lions in their regular season finale of the 2023 season. We're going to break down what we need to do to get a victory here and talk a little bit about what the Vikings are going to do moving forward. But before that, if you don't already do so, hit that subscribe button on the Vikings First in School YouTube page, as well as my page, Purple and Gold for Days, and help us build this Vikings community as we wrap up the regular season. What are the Vikings going to need to do to win this game? Play bleep it ball. Because everything that they have tried thus far, particularly since Kirk Cousins went down, but even before that, just... They just find a way to get in their own way. So I'd say first and foremost, don't get in your own way. Stop turning the ball over. It would seem to be obvious. Football 101. But 36 turnovers on offense. 36 through 16 games. That's more than two a game on average. Oh, well, we've corrected it after a while. We haven't corrected anything. With all due respect to my compatriot on Tuesday nights. I haven't corrected anything. Well, for a couple of games we did. Okay, big deal. Any team can do something for a couple of games. That doesn't mean they've corrected anything. But Nick Mullins named the starting quarterback. You know what? <clears throat> Everybody wants to talk to you about your, you know, Brett Favre light. Okay. You're nowhere near Brett Favre's talent. So let's not pretend that that's anywhere close. Yeah. You have his propensity to just sling it and propensity to throw interceptions. He has almost a one-to-one cube uh, touchdown to interception ratio over his career. There's a reason he's a career backup, but you got Justin Jefferson out there. You got Jordan Addison out there. The offensive line has not played very, very well. The last few weeks, that's to say the least. And they're still somewhat mediocre of a run blocking line, but they're still a halfway decent pass blocking line. But the one strength of the Dart Lions defense is their pass rush. The rest of their defense is thoroughly mediocre. So you have the opportunity. And again, you scored 24 points on them two weeks ago in your building. So it isn't that you can't score on these guys. And at the end of the day, win or lose, and again, I don't care what side of the aisle you fall on. It's it's fine either way because we're all just trying to get to the same spot, which is to win a dang on Super Bowl. But can we just do one thing? Can we do two things? One, let's get Justin Jefferson 119 yards so that he's over 1,000, which would be an incredible feat considering that he's only played in nine games out of the 16, that he missed seven games, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just get him 119. I know. He only needs 118. Let's just get one more for good measure. And let's get Jordan Addison 147. Because it would be interesting. It would be an accomplishment and be something to say, we can hang our hats on this, that we had two 1,000-yard receivers after going through four different quarterbacks. 
four. Franchise record number four. Number of starting quarterbacks this season that the Vikings have had to go with. And oh, by the way, Kevin O'Connell, do me a favor. I know that the run blocking on the offensive line isn't always up to snuff, but run the football. There's a reason. The Minnesota Vikings lead the NFL in pass attempts on third and two. Well, third and two is a great time to go play action and catch the defense off guard. Yeah, but when you've done that the whole season, you haven't established a run game and every other defensive coordinator knows what your tendencies are. There's a reason you have not been able to pick up third and twos at an alarmingly bad rate, by the way. The Minnesota Vikings, getting back to the turnovers on offense, they've turned the ball over 20% of the time they've had the ball in the red zone. One out of every five red zone trips, they turn the ball over. Oh, we just correct that. We're a good team because then we would have won a bunch of different games. Well, no. If you can't correct that after two or three weeks, then you're not a good team. But anyway, stop turning the ball over. Run the ball. Established run. In contrast, the San Francisco 49ers, they've had roughly the same amount of third and twos that the Vikings have had. And they've only passed the ball about 12 times in those situations. Now, And they've picked up, I think, about nine or ten of them. And why is that? because they've actually established the run and they've actually established that if you do play action, the linebackers will actually bite up on the bit as opposed to just say, yeah, they're not going to run this. They never do. So Kevin O'Connell, do me a huge favor. If you're planning, if you're trying to win this game, then give your offense the best opportunity to win the game, run the football, establish the run. Even if it doesn't work, Still keep trying it so that the play action can halfway be effective. If you don't even try to run, the play action doesn't do you any good. So here's what I'll say. Secret weapon, C.J. Ham. That's right, the fullback. If it's third and two, give him the ball. If you don't trust Ty Chandler or Alexander Madison, give him the ball. Get him involved. It's been two years. It's been since Mike Zimmer that we have been able to effectively run a screen pass. I know the Dalvin Cook touchdown against the Colts last year. Okay, yeah, I was in the building, as I said earlier. But this team is so bad at running screenplays. And if it could just get that down, then maybe your run game would be slightly more effective. Or at the very least, your passing game might be slightly more effective. And I get it. You need to have the big round bellies, as Grandpa Dave would say. You have to have them be in sync. You know, Ed Ingram needs to not be five yards downfield before the ball's passed. Okay, so we got to work on that. Come on, Ed. But... Basic football, run the ball and learn how to run some screen passes. And then the rest of your offense will open up. I get it. You want to be your mentor, Sean McVay, and be such a pass-happy coach. But when you've got backup quarterbacks, second string, third string, and rookie quarterbacks, you can't be running the same offense that you would with Kirk Cousins. All of these long down-the-field developing routes. Yeah, Kirk can navigate that behind the offensive line and can do anticipatory throws and has the timing down. You've got to cut that down to a minimum when you're talking about Nick Mullins or Josh Dobbs and Jaron Hall. You can't run the same. That's his biggest weakness is he's trying to run the same playbook that he would if Kirk Cousins was there. And this is not working. So if you're trying to win this game, Again, objective one, I know it's not about individual stats, and I know the players wouldn't say that, yeah, I want to get the ball so I get to a 1,000 yards. I know that he wants that, but he's not going to put that above the team. But if you accomplish anything in this game, get Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison over the 1,000-yard receiving yards for the year. That's what I want to see offensively. The rest, 
you know what? It just kind of is what it is. But if you want to win this game, you got to run the ball. You have to keep the Detroit Lions offense on the bench. It's like I'm repeating what I said two weeks ago. That offense, when it gets going, is lethal. And against our defense, yeah, offensively, you've got to come close to winning time of possession. Time of possession in the first game, 38 and a half minutes to 21 and a half victory for the Lions. Four turnovers to one. 28 first downs to 19 first downs. Everybody say, oh, well, the Detroit Lions had 389 yards of offense total, and the Vikings had 390 yards of total offense. And if we didn't turn the ball over this, that, and the third, if and butts were candy and nuts, be Christmas all year round. If if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Don't talk to me about if this, if that. Oh, that was all uh, Nick Mullins. Well, he's our quarterback this week, isn't he? So again, Turnovers this, win the time of possession. How do you do that? You run the football, even if you're not successful. I know, KOC, well, last year I ran the ball a lot, and I was in second and eight a lot, and I don't like to be in second and eight, as opposed to second and ten, as opposed to throwing a turnover, as opposed to not running any time off the clock. Sometimes you just run the ball to take 40 seconds off the clock and give your defense a chance to rest, but that's just me. Defensively, show up, act like you want to be there, Don't be making business decisions. Tackle. Rush the passer. You know, basic one-on-one stuff. This defense, at times this season, carried this team. When you go on the road and pitch a 3-0 shutout like it's a baseball game, you got to give credit to the defense, even though the Raiders are a mediocre team, despite the fact that they put up 63 points the next week. you got to give them credit when credit is due. But the simple fact is, since that Raiders game, this defense has been atrocious. Well, it really started in the middle of the third quarter against the Bengals. So since the Vegas Raiders game and halftime against the Bengals, this defense has been absolutely just horrible. Horrible. You gave up the lead against the Bengals. You were standing out there, black men standing out there doing nothing on that touchdown to T. Higgins. Utterly embarrassed against the Detroit Lions. You couldn't stop the run. You couldn't stop the pass. You made Jordan Love look like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and Tom Brady. I mean, he had all day. He could have baked a batch of cookies. He could have baked two batches of cookies, fed his offensive line one of those batches, and still completed passes had guys running wide open what is going on flores now i get it to a certain extent flores has been making chicken salad out of chicken bleep all season long i think at this point in time we might want to look back i'm not throwing myself under the bus for ed donichelle and i'm not throwing myself under the bus for mike zimmer but let's look at this defense over the last three seasons 2023 22 and 21 Mike Zimmer's last year defensive guru Mike Zimmer who took over a terrible 5 10 and 1 team back in 2014 made him respectable 7 and 9 in 2014 won the division in 15 went to the NFC championship game in 16 went to the division around in 19 and always had some top 10 defenses you think Mike Zimmer just forgot how to coach Or do you think that the defensive players eroded, got older, and we didn't do a very good job of drafting and replacing them, didn't sign a whole lot of free agents because of all of the money we gave to all kinds of different players, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Anthony Barr, Adam Thielen, et al. Okay. So we said, all right, it's time to get rid of Mike Zimmer. You know, he's lost his fastball. He's too antiquated. The league's caught up to him. Okay. Then we bring in Ed Donichelle, and our defense was terrible last year. Now, 
I'll remind people, I'll remind people that as many yards as that defense gave up during the first two thirds of the regular season, they came up with some clutch plays. They came up with some clutch stops. They came in with some clutch, came up with some clutch turnovers here and there to seal some games. I've talked about it a few different times that game against the Colts that myself, my daughter, uh, a dear friend of mine and her son, you don't get down 33 to nothing because the defense is terrible in and of itself. And guess what? 14 of those points, block punt, touchdown, pick six. So that defense only gave up 19 points, one touchdown, four field goals, and only gave up one field goal in the second half. So we can talk about this comeback, and it was was a ton of fun. It was a great day. But that defense gave up nothing. Granted, the Colts were terrible. I understand that. But they still did something. And last year, defensively, Against the Detroit Lions, they came up with a stop at the end. Against the Bears, came up with a stop in the end. Against the Packers, week one, held Aaron Rodgers to seven points. Against the Cardinals, held Kyler Murray down and made a stop at the end. But by and large, our defense was bad. Giants game, as an example. A couple weeks before that, the game against the Packers, we got run out of Lambeau Field. Okay, so now we got Mike Zimmer. Okay, it's his fault. And last year was Ed Donichelle's fault. And the problem, so to speak, right now is for a while, for parts of this season, it looked like Brian Flores was working some magic. Took a few weeks to get it going. We started out 0-3 and then 1-4. and The defense eh, was still trying to figure itself out. And for the middle eight, nine games of the season, they figured themselves out. And it was just like, wow. Oh, Brian Flores definitely gone after this year. He's going to get a head coaching job. Well, not after the last couple of weeks. We'll see. That's a whole other conversation, and we'll get to that a lot in the offseason as to you know whether Flores is going to be back or not. But this defense is void of talent, and it has been by the schemes of Brian Flores that this defense has been able to be the average defense that it ultimately has ended up being. And over the last few weeks, one, other teams have figured out that scheme, and two, you've had some major injuries. DJ Wanham, um, Byron Murphy's been in and out of the lineup. Jordan Hicks was gone for four weeks. And what else do you got? You have Daniil Hunter on your defensive line. What else do you got? And by the way, I didn't see anything from Daniil Hunter. Now, again, when you're only guy out there and the defense just scheme or the offensive line just schemes around you, well, it's kind of difficult for one guy to do anything. But this defense is void of talent. Now, it's got some nice pieces. I like Byron Murphy Jr. I like Josh Metellus, obviously. I I don't think he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. I think he was in Pro Bowl contention, but I don't call him a snub. And at the end of the day, when your defense is as mediocre as it is, you can't be surprised that there aren't that many Pro Bowl players. But anyway, I like uh, Bynum. I like I love Ivan Pace. But what else do you got? You've got Daniel Hunter on that defensive line. You have no interior pass rush. You have no interior. On the- Harrison Phillips is a nice player. He's a nice, solid, rotational guy. But you're asking a solid, rotational guy to be your starter? Yeah, it's no surprise we can't stop the run. What do we got in the linebacking core besides Hicks and Pace? Nothing. And again, the cavalcade of cornerbacks, uh, Evans, Blackman. Now, Blackman's a rookie. Okay. Andrew Booth Jr., T-Bass's guy, Lewis Seen. 
this this defense is just void of talent, and it's not one or two players away. And so the fact that Brian Flores has gotten them into the position they have is is frankly a really really good job. But there's only so much he can do. A chef can only cook a meal with the ingredients he's been he or she has been provided. So defensively against the Detroit Lions, what are we going to need to do? Pray if you're into such things. If you're a person of prayer, uh, if you're not, uh, a hope. Thoughts and prayers, as they say, a wing and a prayer. Call it what you want. This defense has gotten figured out. It's void of talent, and it's got some major injuries. So what you're going to need to do defensively is figure out a way to get to Jarek Goff. We had one sack against Jarek Goff. He was 30 of 40 for 257 yards and a touchdown, and it felt like a lot more. But (laughs) Gibbs... 80 yards and two touchdowns, Montgomery 55 and a touch. If you can't stop the 36 rushes for 143 yards and three touchdowns on the ground, you're not stopping anybody if you can't stop the run game. How is it that they had 36 carries, 143 yards and three touchdowns, and Jared Goff still managed to throw the ball 40 times? Oh, wait, they had 38 minutes of time of possession. So that swings it back offensively, keep them off the field. But while they're on the field, defensively, you've got to tackle better. You've got to fill your run gaps better. You've got to do 50 things better. But most importantly, you've got to tackle. Basic defense. You have to know how to tackle your opponents. How many broken tackles did the Packers have last week? Guy catches it at the 20. Yeah, he's running across, but he should have been tackled at about the 11. He just kind of waltzes on into the end zone. And that was on the times where they weren't wide the heck open. I don't know, Flores, I get it. On one hand, you want to bring some pressure, but and you don't have the horses to do it right now, but you also don't have the horses to sit back in his own either. So Brian Flores has got his work cut out for him, to say the least, on the defensive side of the ball, which gets back to why offensively you've got to run the ball, you've got to play ball control, and you've got to score touchdowns. You can't have a turnover every five trips into the red zone. You can't have two-plus turnovers overall, which is what the Vikings are averaging this season. So... I'm not saying it's impossible that the Vikings can't win. Oh no, it's definitely possible. But it's gonna take it's gonna take everybody. And it's gonna most importantly take Kevin O'Connell not outsmarting himself. Don't try to get too cute. Don't try to run these dipsy doodle dipsy doodle. Oh, I'm gonna throw the ball backwards to Jefferson for a wide receiver pass. You know what? You run and run that play once or twice a season, not once or twice a game. Okay. I'm sorry, but you tried to go into the bag of tricks one too many times, and I get it. I can't remember if it was John Madden or uh, Bum Phillips or Nuke Brockney who said, when you got to run trick plays, that's because you're not as good as the other team. Okay, well, there's something to be said for that. But just run your offense. And like I said, cut down on the number of long-developing routes. I'm not saying never run them, but that can't be the mainstay of your offense when you've got a backup quarterback. When you've got an offensive line that's just okay in pass. Well, no, they're better than okay in pass blocking. But, you know, Christian Darrisaw last week made Preston Smith look like he was Preston Smith from five years ago. Holy cow. Everybody talking about, well, we got to sign Justin Jefferson. And then after that, we got to sign Christian Darrisaw because he's one of the two best left tackles in the league. He wasn't one of the two best tackles last week. I'll tell you that. But anyway. How are you going to win this game? You you got to score, and you got to score a lot because they're going to score a lot against you. They're, I I will be shocked if they score anything less than 35 points. So you got to get to 38. So defensively, just try and slow them down. Just try to get a couple turnovers here and there. We're not expecting you to be the Zim Reaper defense and shut these guys out. 
That's an unfair expectation. You don't have all of the horses, as I said. And even when you did have all of your horses, you didn't have a whole lot of talent to begin with. So with all of that said, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Stop telling the other side that they're wrong. If you want to be somebody that pulls for the team, no matter what, short-term, high, long-term implications don't matter, that's fine. But don't tell the other side that they're bad fans. If you're somebody that says, you know what, the long-term play is to root for a loss, don't tell the other side that they're stupid and that they're bad fans. I'm hoping that the Vikings win this game. I'm hoping that we get entertained, that we see Justin Jefferson do a few gritties, that we see both Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison get past 1,000 yards. I hope the offense looks good, and I hope the defense gives us something to remember, unlike the last couple of weeks. Regardless, we all have the same goal in mind. We want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl, preferably before we die. With that said, offensively, you're going to need to score points, and you're going to need to score them in bunches, and you need to score lots of them. You can't afford turnovers. You can't afford three and outs. This defense is ravaged by injuries. And yeah, as of this recording, we may not have our full complement of offensive linemen, which is going to make things incredibly difficult. Defensively, get to Jarek off. Find a way to blitz him and get home. The blitzes the last few weeks have been utterly ineffective at best yeah you got some heat on jordan love early but after that you were nowhere near him as i said earlier he could have baked a couple of batches of cookies ate them and still found guys wide open byron murphy jr is going to be out byron murphy jr he's a solid cornerback when he's asked to be your number one yeah he's had some ups and downs but without him holy cow this secondary leaves a lot to be desired I'm going to say is this, to wrap this up for the last regular season preview, I think the Vikings ultimately lose this game 38-28. to 28. And that might be with the Vikings scoring a garbage time touchdown at the end. Nevertheless, that doesn't mean that we aren't still going to pull for this team, that we aren't still going to cheer for them, and that we aren't still going to bleed purple and gold for all days. Get it? Purple and gold for days. In all seriousness, join us later today on the Vikings First and Skull YouTube page for two old bloggers with Darren and Dave who will continue to break this one down, give their opinions and their takes. And don't forget to join the Vikings First and Skull YouTube page live at the two-minute warning, so around 3 o'clock Central Time, whenever the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter is. And check out my page, Purple and Gold for Days, at around 11.10 Central Time for the Purple and Gold pregame show. Hopefully, it's not the last one of the season. Thank you kindly, as always, for joining us, not only today, but for this season. And reminder, the train keeps going. We will still have content all throughout the offseason leading up to the draft, both on Vikings First and Skull and on Purple and Gold for Days. So one more time, hit that subscribe button and make sure that you are subscribed to both pages for all kinds of content during the weeks, both during the regular season, postseason, and offseason. Thank you kindly, as always, for joining me. And as always, Skull to the next episode. And as Prince said, go crazy, punch a higher floor. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. Vikings First and Skull is part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks for listening.